Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 f- games this year. Okay? Not 10. DeVito, pop pass, end zone, touchdown, and the ball game! DeVito, in relief, wins it for the Orange! They don't know about the Kumbaya meetings we had this week. Swing into this! It is over! The Boston Red Sox, baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. The Bills make me wanna shout. Josh Allen, touchdown Buffalo. A 14-yard quarterback draw. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. And the celebration begins. This is on the block. Right, you know, there's validity in that opinion. Here's X-Men. We're back on the block. ESPN Radio. Coronavirus has not shut this show down. At least not yet. 437-7644 is the phone number. You can hit me on Twitter, as always, Brent Dax Media. You can watch the show at twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. You can participate in the live chat throughout the show, and you get content for two straight hours on Twitch. When we go to radio commercials, the mics stay on on Twitch, and we have our own discussion with the great people that are watching and participating in the live chat. 437-7644 is mentioned. If you want to get on board here, want to talk some hoop to this hour and what Syracuse's approach will be in Greensboro. But there's an interesting way that, and, and I know that you come to the show to get away from coronavirus and all the nonsense and some things that are legit and have to be reported on, certainly, but there is a lot of hysteria, hysteria and paranoia and unknown and irrational fear about it. But then there's some things you got to take seriously that you have to monitor. You should be smart about. Not a bad idea to wash your hands more generally. Not a bad idea to do some of the things that you become hyper aware of at a time of uh, a disease spreading like this. But then there's shutting down conference tournaments. They're shutting down campuses. They're not shutting down the campus at Syracuse. It'll still be open, but they're moving all classes online. Now, here's what's interesting about this. Sports deals with this often enough. You remember there was a mumps outbreak at Syracuse a couple years ago, shut down fall across and a couple other things. Remember the MRSA outbreak that was happening in locker rooms? You know, a locker room is a very interesting place. You have a lot of athletes in the same area that are sweating and you know, certain bacterias and things that that come from that, and you try and be sterile and try to be clean, but I mean, you ever smell a hockey locker room? Like my daughter comes home from field hockey, I'm like, whoa, right? Like there's when you're an athlete and you're sweating and you're doing things like it just kind of it's a petri dish in a lot of ways. So this is not new to sports by any stretch of the imagination. It's just this is not a sports related thing. It's a thing in the world that's affecting people and they're getting ahead of it. So in the case of Syracuse, where as of this moment, there are no confirmed cases of the coronavirus. I think we'd all be naive to believe it's not going to arrive here in some capacity. But as of now, there's 173 cases in New York State, and that number keeps going up every time I check the meter. But zero in Onondaga County. Syracuse University said, you know what, we're going to move classes online through the end of the month or on spring break next week. And we're all wondering, because this question is not answered at this point, well, what about athletics? What about the lacrosse teams? What about spring football? What about softball, the spring sports that live here, practice here, and participate in their sports here? Now, this coincides, of course, with the Carrier Dome renovations. 
So lacrosse was on the road or at other locations for the rest of the season anyway. The women's lacrosse team was on the road the entire season, except for like one game at CBA later this year anyway. So it doesn't affect them as much as you would think. But in the statement put out by Syracuse University, it said that, here, let me pull it up for you while we're yakking about it. Here's right here. Syracuse will be evaluating other activities and events that are scheduled to be held on campus during that time. The university expects to cancel, reschedule, or move online any large event with 50 or more people. Syracuse is also evaluating its athletic programs and plans for faculty and staff, including work from home and other policies under consideration. Well, you can't move a football practice online, so does that fall under the category of a large event with 50 or more people? A lacrosse practice is a large event with 50 or more people. It seems like they made the big decision, and they're just going to kind of trickle everything out from there. So we'll see how this goes. Now, I'm watching the ACC tournament. Wake Forest leads Pittsburgh 37-30 right now. There are people in the stands at a sporting event all together. They don't let the media in certain sports right now go in locker rooms. You have to stay a certain distance away from the athletes you're talking to, yet the athletes are out there sweating all over each other. People are sitting in close proximity in the arena. So the order in which things get canceled or rescheduled or moved or affected is is not timely. It's not orderly. It just kind of happens the way it happens these days. But the Ivy League canceled their tournament. Just said, oh, Yale, you're the regular season champion. You're in. Which Uncle Brent's a fan of that concept anyway, right? Like conference tournaments are what they are. They're fundraisers and People love them. They're competitive. It's a great college basketball week. But it's like, didn't we just play four months of basketball? We don't know who the best teams in the league are. Well, it's a second chance for... You don't deserve that second chance most of the time, right? I mean, if you prove you can beat these teams over the course of four days, great. But that's we have a tournament next week. But I know I lose that argument every year. I just got, I got to wedge it in there. So Yale getting to go is interesting but Harvard, who was supposed to host the event, and that's why they canceled it, because Harvard's one of the campuses that have essentially shut down. Harvard beat Yale twice this year. So there is an argument to be made about, well, just because Yale won this thing doesn't mean they should be there. They should have to kind of prove it, right? So I get where that goes both ways. There's a lot we don't know. So I don't want to just point at people and be like, you're paranoid. It's like, well, I don't, we don't, maybe, maybe we are, maybe we aren't, right? We're still catching up on just how many people have this thing, what the threat is, how it spreads. There is a lot we do know when you compare it to other things like the flu and established diseases that are out there, but this is new. And when it's new and it's unknown, it creates fear and it creates anxiety and it creates a lot of, when you don't have answers, you go buy seven months worth of toilet paper, which you're going to feel really silly about that if this doesn't turn out to be maybe what it's being perceived to be in the eyes of some. But you also want to be informed, right? Like when Pearl Jam concert uh, cancels, pardon me, it's concert tour, that's information. When Syracuse University moves all its classes online, that's not hysteria. That's You can have that opinion, but that's information. People need to know this, right? Some of the things that are out there, I don't really need to know when they get reported anyway, but that's a whole different conversation about media coverage of this, which I won't get into. But the big things like that, shutting down major public events, yeah, we need to kind of know that. So how this will impact athletics will be interesting. Syracuse, 
if and when they bow out of the ACC tournament, and how dare you, Brent, not say that's going to be Saturday night after they're the champions of this thing. I think we all know the chances of that are pretty slim. But what's interesting to me about Syracuse is if they are going to make a deep run, not win the thing, all right, that's a that's a pipe dream. But if they're going to have a respectable showing, survive in advance, and work their way through this, all they have to do is be the team they haven't been to this point. No big deal. You've got to do everything in Greensboro that you have not consistently done all year, which is play defense, number one. But when you have Joe Girard at the top of the zone, who is limited by size, is a freshman, is still learning his way through the defense, and it's easier for bigger players to get by, and by bigger players, that's pretty much everybody, because Joe is six foot one on his tippy toes. When you have Buddy Beheim, who even at six six, struggles to cover ground, close in on shooters by his own admission, by the way, not just my opinion. He has admitted in those locker room sessions that I can't go to anymore. Syracuse is still doing it, but you know what I'm saying. That it's a weakness of his. Syracuse is 132nd in the country in defensive efficiency, and that's not one of your fancy analytics stats. That's like that's a telling stat that this could be one of the worst defenses Jim Beheim's ever had, if not the worst. So how do you go to Greensboro and fix that? How do you go from a team that's shooting 27% from three-point range since January 15th, almost two months, not just a bad couple of games, not just a little bit of a stub-your-toe thing. They haven't shot well consistently from three-point range for two months, which is interesting because Buddy Beheim leads the ACC by a wide margin in three-pointers made. But as a team, collectively, I mean, Miami's a great example of this. They were 5 of 25. They've been 27% for two months for the better part of ACC play. You're going to go deep in a conference tournament, you have to shoot threes. So how does that come around all of a sudden in this setting? I know this doesn't necessarily apply to this team. There are some players it applies to. But since Syracuse has entered the ACC, they have won two ACC tournament games. Two. Now remember, there was the one year that they they sat out by their own hand, 2015, because of the NCAA sanctions. Two games. They've won two ACC tournament games. Now you're asking them with all those other problems to go win four in a row. Starting with, we'll see tonight, because Virginia Tech plays North Carolina. they got to play Carolina tomorrow? In Greensboro, a team that, if they continue their momentum and play well, and Syracuse, as we saw on the 29th, when Jimmy Fallon was sitting courtside and Tom Brady was sitting courtside, How does that team change things in a short period of time to beat that North Carolina team? You got to hope that Carolina just has a really bad offensive night. Well, usually when that happens, it's because you're a good defensive team, and that's not Syracuse. That's why you play the games. That's why sports is something that is one of the great unscripted dramas left in in life and why Sports networks are paying over the moon for live sporting rights because you can't watch it on Netflix. 
You can't script this stuff. It's you can't DVR sports. But what is the end? What is the thing about this team that makes you say they got the magic? Well, Brent, back in 2006, Jerry McNamara carried this team on their back. Went to the tournament. So you, are you telling me Elijah Hughes is going to have that kind of run? I will be. I hope so. But it's just not logical. Hey, speaking of Elijah Hughes, he was on Orange Nation earlier today with Steve and Seth. Here's what he said about uh, being named All-ACC. Uh, you know, it was, it was exciting. I was really happy. I was in class, and when my phone started going up a little bit, a bunch of my friends and family, were taking, my teammates were texting me. And uh, I looked, and uh, she was the first team, and it was really exciting. Happy moment for me. And, uh, yeah, you know, just to be mentioned as, as a top five player in the league, it was a blessing. Here is Elijah Hughes about what happened with the head injury, why he sat out the second half of the Miami game, and kind of what his view of, of sitting out that game was. Yeah, well, I kind of just took a fall. And, uh, I hit one of my teammates' knees. My head hit my teammates' knees. And I kind of just felt dizzy and uh, wasn't feeling okay. And um, no, our trainer, Brad, just took a precautionary route and just wanted to sit me out for the rest of it. So it was precautionary. He is playing tomorrow night. This we know, and Syracuse is going to need him to be at his best, obviously, to try and do any kind of damage in the ACC tournament. Here is Elijah on leadership. Uh, well, I didn't have a specific you know, number ex- expectation going into a, a stats or anything like that. I kind of just knew I had to, I had to make a jump, and a, a kind of a big jump for this team. A lot of young guys, uh, some sophomores, and um, I don't think we don't have any seniors. We have one walk-on, but you know, not a lot of experience, so I knew I was going to have to take that jump and be uh, more of a jump as a leader. That's probably the biggest thing being more vocal with guys, talking more, uh, leading by example. So just that leadership was probably the biggest jump I knew I had to take. And then everything on the court would would take care of itself. That's Elijah Hughes uh, on earlier today with Orange Nation. If you want to hear that entire interview, you can find it at ESPNSyracuse.com in the audio vault. Right now we find Scooter in Jamesville on the phones at 437-7644. Hey, Scoot. Hey, guys. I listened um First of all, the NIT, the initials stand for not in tournament. So that's what the NIT stands for. <laughs> now, I haven't but, gotten to this yet. We're going to get to it yeah. in the next segment. Yeah. According to some experts, and these exist in the world, if Syracuse loses tomorrow, they're on the bubble for the NIT. <laughs> so, hey, that's a thing. Hey, a couple things. First of all, you know that uh, they're having the inmates actually make those hand sanitizers, right, in the state of New York? I did and see I did, this. Yes. Yep, yep. I opened mine up and I found actually a file in mine. So, uh, so I don't know what actually that somebody's trying to break out of prison and forgot to put it and they put in hand sanitizer. <laughs> I actually found a file. Um, oh, and, uh, I gotta get I gotta get a rim shot for you on, on my soundboard. That's here. it. This for you. Uh, this for you. Uh, now it's getting closer to uh, basically being reality. But if you go back to 1989. And I think it's before Doug Sherman was doing the Sienna games, but they actually had a measles quarantine where they played the last nine games of the regular season with empty arenas, and then they had to make the decision because they're the number one team in in their conference. That wasn't the MAC, but it was, a, it was a smaller one, and they decided to play the conference without any 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 fans, and they ended up winning it. And they came off the quarantine the day before the NCAA tournament, and they actually beat Stanford in the first round. So it has happened, Axe Man, and it, it was a. Amazing because 
Mike Dean was a coach there, and he makes Jim Beheim actually a choir boy when it comes to language. <laughs> it is. I, I knew him from the Oswego State days, and the guy the guy likes to drink Milwaukee or, or Milwaukee uh, beer. Believe me, that, that's how I met Doug Sherman out in Wolf Road in Albany because Mike Mike would go out after the games, and that's why I met Dougie way back in the in the nineties. Yes, but basically it's ha- it has happened. So it was amazing they had to basically shut down the field, Mike, because you heard every word that you yelled at the referee. So it just it just made a weird weird feeling. But we'll see what happens. But uh, it did happen. And, you know, it just wasn't just for one game. Yeah, right? I brought it, up it a couple a examples as well. And thanks for the call, Zoe Scooter. Uh, Syracuse said mumps a couple of years ago. Uh, MRSA shut down a lot of locker rooms and led to a lot of cleaning and hyper awareness and. There's been other things, right? This will not be the last either. The difference with this one is there's a lot we don't know yet. It's precautionary. It's like we're not even going to mess with this. We're just going to shut it down and let it pass. Yet other things are going on. I just saw Cornell's on the list now. Online classes only for the foreseeable future. 437-7644 is the phone number. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 288-0644. I mentioned that NIT bubble that Syracuse may or may not be on, and we'll get more into the ACC tournament, what the Orange have to do there. Right now, I'm going to give you the chance to win tickets to see Breaking Benjamin, because they are coming to the St. Joseph's Health Amphitheater at Lakeview August 1st with Bush, Theory of a Dead Man, and more. If you're Caller 5 right now at 437-7644, you have a pair of tickets to that show August 1st at the St. Joseph's Health Amphitheater. Breaking Benjamin, Bush, Theory of a Dead Man, big show, big rock show, chilling at the amp, summer evening. You got them right now if you're Caller 5. We're back after this. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back. You're on the block ESPN Radio. It's presented by Pathfinder Bank. Wherever you are in central New York right now, provided you're listening to us in central New York, as our audience is worldwide on Twitch and the Internet, where all college classes will take place from now on. There are 10 branch locations across Oswego and Onondaga counties. If you're a first-time home, bo- uh, first-time home buyer out shopping for a new home, looking to refinance, be sure to talk to Pathfinder Bank. Wide range of terms and programs available. There's no better financial partner than Pathfinder Bank. They are the local community bank you can trust. PathfinderBank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Ten branch locations. Onondaga, Oswego Counties. There's an NIT bubble, apparently. This is the thing. My good friend and colleague Chris Carlson wrote about it today and kind of maybe sort of Syracuse is on the NIT bubble. Then let me say this right now, and this is by the authority of me. The NIT will not turn down Syracuse. Syracuse is a brand name that will draw eyeballs. They want as many brand name programs in that tournament as possible. And Chris explained the process. There's less at-large bids now, and it's if you're really interested in it, you can go read about why Syracuse's chances may be off. He interviewed uh, John Templin in his piece. John is a, a great Twitter feed that you should be following throughout here, uh, particularly when they're kind of figuring out the NIT bracket that Syracuse more than likely is going to be in here, barring some sort of miracle run in Greensboro. It's at NY Buckets. 
at NY Buckets is the Twitter feed. John does the NIT bracket. And is he's kind of the Joe Lenardi of the NIT. That's somebody we, we want to get to know too well. But in this case, you got to get to know over the next few days. Okay. Syracuse loses tomorrow night if it's Virginia Tech or North Carolina. They're going to the NIT. Now, in that case, they would be 17 and 15. They would be 10 and 11 and some of the same metrics. And like the NCAA, remember, runs the NIT now. So the selection committee, the process of selecting who goes to the NIT, it's not exactly the same as the NCAA tournament, but there's enough similarities there that would hurt Syracuse. That would kind of, I don't even know if I would say put them on the bubble, but they are not turning down Syracuse. They're not. If the NIT is smart, they're not turning down Syracuse. They're not moving on from Syracuse. Like They're in. Now, what's interesting about it when you look at the process of it via Templin's bracket, Syracuse right now is a five seed. Now, when we think about a five seed in terms of the NCAA tournament, even in the dreaded 5-12 game, right? But that's a high seed. That's a team that had a good season, a solid season that is an at-large bid. Like, they didn't have an issue getting into the tournament. The difference between a five seed and not being in the NIT is much closer. That's not the safe bet that it sounds like. But again, people... The NIT ain't turning down Syracuse. Not happening, no way, no how. If I'm wrong on that, I'm wrong on that. And then what you do in that extreme case, and we're living in a weird world these days, who knows what coronavirus will bring us next to move all classes online at Syracuse today, and who knows what that means for athletics coming up here. But if you're in... The conversation for the CBI or the CIT or the FBI or all these other, you know, initial tournaments, then the answer is no. Right? Like, thanks, but no thanks. You just kind of, I think you just kind of got to take the L on that one. I don't think you go to that tournament. That's just me. Players want to play. Competitors want to compete. But I think we're good. I think you take your spring break in that case. Yeah, you know, we're, we're okay. We're on spring break this week. I, I think we're going to go to Florida, not, you know, somewhere in the CBI. We're okay. By the way, I don't know how the CBI works. I would imagine it's like the NIT that you're hosting schools. I, I don't even want to know. Like, if we're having that conversation, that kind of shows you what kind of year Syracuse had, right? But I was privy to this a little bit the other day because we have a meeting every week about, you know, we sit down and you know we're going to write about and we kind of just kind of bat some ideas around. The basketball crew gets together, myself, Chris Carlson, Mike Waters, Donna DeTota, the great Hank Doman over at Syracuse.com, and we just kind of spitball a little bit. It's fascinating how the world changes as rapidly as it does from the moment we have that meeting going, but it's, it's just kind of a good powwow every week. I bring munchkins, right? And we eat some donuts and... We powwow. So it came up in that meeting. Now that the story's out there, I can discuss it. Like, guys, I think Syracuse is on the NIT bubble. To which the rest of us are like, A, that's a thing, and B, like, yeah, they kind of are. (laughs) It at least has to be written about and said, and like, as ridiculous as this sounds, like, when you look at it, they kind of are. But the NIT ain't turning down Syracuse. They're not. I'm sorry, they're not. 
You don't do that. Not Syracuse. Some of the mid-majors, some of the teams that can earn the automatic bids that come with it might make that a bit of a question mark, but you find a way to put them in. So tonight it's Carolina and Virginia Tech. There is, they just did a big wide shot as they're coming out of halftime. Wake Forest leads Pitt 41-40. There are a large gathering of human beings at a basketball tournament. We'll see if anything comes of it, but not a huge crowd, as I wouldn't imagine the first game on Tuesday to be. We're going to see it grow through the week, particularly if Carolina starts making a run. There's going to be a ton of Duke fans there. There's some Wake Forest fans there now. Like all those uh, triangle schools, all those Carolina schools, like Jim Beheim, as we know, doesn't put a lot of value in this tournament, still being in Greensboro. It's a nice arena, but it is Greensboro. You've outgrown it. When you are a league that can play in Brooklyn, that can play in Washington, D.C., that can play in big-time arenas, that's where tradition and where you've grown kind of clash here. But the ACC is still a league that has those roots in that state, in that part of the country, and it means a lot to a place like Greensboro. Now, think if they, and again, this is where coronavirus the real world and the sports world inevitably are going to clash here. What if the ACC followed suit? They didn't, obviously, because they're playing it and they're not going to shut it down halfway through. But let's say they decided not to do this thing. Let's say the timing was there. Like, we, we can't have fans at the tournament. Think how strange that would be. But the more schools that shut down and move classes online, the more events that get canceled, the more normalized this becomes. Like the thought of not having fans in the stands at the NCAA tournament, like I'm now putting that in my head as a possible thing. As much as those would say, oh, there's too much money on the line, no way, no how. Put opinion aside. Look what's happening here. People at high levels are getting ahead of of this to the point where we live in a county where there aren't even any positive cases of coronavirus. And they have already put in what would otherwise be an emergency plan, a contingency plan. Like they made the contingency, they enacted the contingency. There was, I got an email yesterday because I'm an adjunct professor at Syracuse. There was an email yesterday internally. That was basically like listing like do's and don'ts of what's going on. You may have heard that the campus is going to shut down after spring break. That's not true. Day later, it's true. That's how quickly things change and how people are reacting to something that the unknown outweighs the known. The fear of the unknown right now outweighs the facts. I think that's fair to say. With coronavirus, there's a lot we do know and we can track and we can look at and there's numbers and you talk to experts and they kind of offer their opinion. And then there's others that are just like, I'm not even going to mess with it. We're just going to, we're going to shut it down. And that's going to affect all kinds of walks of life. And I don't want to get too philosophical on you here, but this is going to impact our lives for the foreseeable future. It's one thing to cancel individual events. But when you're shutting down, you know, again, I I want to be, I want to say this correctly. They're not shutting campus down. Buildings will be open, but when you're not having classes for three weeks, and one of those is spring break, but 
this is a major change, right? This hasn't happened since the Vietnam War protests at Syracuse. Think of all the things that have happened. There's been individual days that have been canceled because of weather and certain things. But, hey, why don't you go on spring break and not come back until next month? How about that? Take all your classes online. And we'll, we'll see where we're at with coronavirus in 20 days. Okay? Have a good time. Those are the times we're in right now. Ivy League tournament canceled today. Other high school tournaments, little things across the country. Like the ramifications from that, the money that's made from that, the people that go to work at these things. And that's just a couple examples. If I listed everything that's being canceled, rescheduled, moved because of coronavirus, we'd be here for the rest of the night. But it never truly impacts you till it impacts you. So maybe it didn't impact you yesterday, but it, it I think I can safely say that everybody that is in the sound of my voice right now, it now impacts you. Because you probably know somebody at Syracuse University that, well, what do they do? Do they have to work from home for the next couple of months? Are they going to go to work for the next month or two? Maybe you have a student that's in your family that impacts them. they got to be home for the next month. Like Now you see how this grows and spreads and has an impact on life. No matter what your opinion of that is, if it's hysteria or if it's smart, I'll kind of leave that to you. But we're here. Yesterday, the only way that this impacted me personally was my mother decided not to go on a cruise. Today, a bit more of a big deal. And we'll see what tomorrow brings. I can't wait till we start going the other way on this thing. And in some ways we have, but I don't know if we're there yet. Because as it stands right now, there are zero positive cases in Onondaga County for the coronavirus. We're all naive to believe it ain't going to come here because it is. How big of an impact it makes, well, that's why we're doing these things. Right, wrong, or indifferent, that's why we're adjusting life. How long we have to do that, I wish I knew the answer to that question. This may lead to me getting my home studio built. Got to think about the positives in life. Oh, sorry, can't come in. Chief engineer come to my house, build a studio in the basement. Me and Summit doing the radio show together every day from my man cave. I kind of like where this is going, actually. Let's break on that note. We will go on the blind side next, 437-7644. The phone number, if you want to get on board, you're on the block, ESPN Radio. 